Welcome to The Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Well, how about that? It's The Advertising Show. We are back once again and glad you're here, too. Advertising Show is being brought to you by Advertising Age Magazine. You can visit them online at adage.com and by Walter Carl Interactive at waltercarl.com. That's with a K, by the way. Uh, this is a big Radio Mitchell production. We've got a great guest for you today. It's Mike DeFranza, President and General Manager of the Captivate Network and Chairman of the OVAB. And after that, it says BIO. Oh, that must be BIO. Right, exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> Mike is out of Boston uh, this weekend, and we will get him on for a few segments here with Rachel and Ben Mike, by the way, is founder and uh, president and GM of uh, Captivate, uh, the Captivate Network. It's a national news and entertainment network that delivers quality programming and advertising to a highly desirable and targeted audience during the workday. How about that? So we've got uh, a couple of uh, segments with uh, the conversation with Mike and a whole bunch of other stuff as well, including Patrick Meyer coming up momentarily, the marketing insider. Jeffrey Gittimer is going to be with us, too. He's going to be talking about how to set benchmarks uh, this time. It's a good idea. It's kind of a nice way to find a, a milestone in your business and see how you're doing. So it's all about advertising and marketing, and you'll learn everything here in the next, uh, well, let's say 40 minutes or so. So that's cool. So what's going on there? Well, you know, you mentioned uh, uh, the initials there, O-V-A-B, and for those that may not be familiar, it's a new new uh, trade organization out of Home Video Advertising Bureau, of which Mike is the uh, mm-hmm. uh, chairman, as you, as you mentioned. So we're going to not only talk a little bit about uh, Mike's uh, company, Captivate, but more importantly, kind of his role as the uh, new chairman of the uh, Out of Home Video Advertising Bureau and see what that's all about. What I... Uh, thought was interesting, Ray. You're, you're familiar, and I think we've talked about the uh, Geico caveman spots, series of spots. It's very interesting because what they've done is they've kind of lapped the uh, the uh, Geico gecko, although they've still got that little guy around. Right. But yeah, they're becoming a, a little bit more popular, aren't they? Yeah, not only that, but the uh, the character that you see most frequently, he may be he may be getting his own television series. ABC yeah. said just this uh, past uh, week that they've ordered a pilot for a comedy tentatively titled Caveman. Mm-hmm. Not very creative there, huh? That uh, features the character used in the Geico series of ads. You know the ads. Uh, oh, yeah, even right, a caveman right. can do it. It's so easy. Right. Anyway, the potential series, uh, one of 14 pilots that have been uh, that will be produced by Touchstone uh, Television this spring. But of course, you got to remember, and we all know this. Uh, just because you get an order for a pilot doesn't mean you're going to get a, a show on the oh, air. Sure. In- yeah, exactly. Interestingly enough, the uh, the premise of the, of the series, struggling uh, caveman deals with uh, the prejudice on a daily basis to strive uh, to live the lives of normal 30-something cavemen in right. 2007. And where does it take place? Atlanta. Of course. Well, and depending on who the other characters are, you may confuse some of those people in Atlanta as the cavemen, and they get confused. And No, not really. Atlanta is an interesting city. Big city. Big, big city. And uh, should be an interesting series if it ever makes it to air. could be on... Uh, a TV, it could be on a, uh, what, on an airplane. You might see that program. I don't know. Exactly, or something like yeah. that. And they're talking about the fact that it goes back to the early days of television where you've got advertisers as active parts of uh, television shows. They yeah. reference uh, the Colgate Comedy Hour, for instance. Right. Uh, so nothing new, but the, the, the character is great. 
they they yeah. do a great job of, of, of portraying the product, and that could be fun to have something like that. And you know, if you're in advertising, as a little sidebar, Ray, uh, the ad copy, copywriter that created the caveman ads, he'll be writing the pilot. So Boy, there's a little extra work for you. Now. <laughs> well, yeah, or your agency might be losing a good copywriter there. Who knows? Uh, there very well could be. Uh, Huntington Beach, California. Okay, you think, hey, that's a pretty cool place. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, lifeguards drive the Nissan Frontier pickup trucks, the official beach vehicles for the Surf City, whose vending machines offer only beverages from Coca-Cola, the official drink of Huntington Beach. Hmm. In Washington uh, Park, uh, visitors to King County can consult a kiosk brought to you by Starbucks. And there's a, an article that I saw about Starbucks as far as it's losing its mojo. I don't know whether you saw that as well. But, no. Uh, well, oh, anyway. yeah, the, yeah, the chairman came out and did all that. Yeah. yeah. But mm-hmm. what they're suggesting is uh, seeing money to be made. Santa Clara County, which is where Huntington Beach is located, is joining a small but growing list of cash-starved public agencies, and they're approving uh, advertising to offer exclusive hmm. marketing rights for a price. Uh, uh, basically, uh, just a whole bunch of different stuff. I mean, it's no different than the Super Bowl or selling out a stadium or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. The, uh, they have already nixed two ideas, tailgate advertising when companies slap their ads on the back of trucks. And uh, let's see. He did not relish the thought of uh, the, the, the county fleet pushing Domino's Pizza. No, I don't hmm. understand that. I don't understand well. that. But, uh, anyway, advertising is going uh, just about everywhere, which is, uh, I guess, what we're going to talk about a little bit uh, tonight with our special guest, uh, uh, Mike uh, DeFranza, President and General Manager of Captivate and Chairman of OVAB out of Boston this weekend. Why don't we check in with Patrick Meyer on the Advertising Show. Let's do it now. Welcome to Understanding the Future Now. It's the Marketing Insider featuring Patrick Meyer. Recently, as we were working on an innovation project for one of our clients, we met with the CRM agency and the internal team responsible for relationship marketing. They were really proud of new rewards card, linkage to a customer's card, database, online. But what I realized in that presentation was that the world of CRM is caught up on the mechanics and the tools, and that the real driver of CRM is about something totally different, and somehow it got lost. A smart CMO would come at it with this perspective. The number one driver of a brand and its loyalty starts with the product and the service. So if I said to you, you want to have maximum brand loyalty? Here's what you need. Product innovation is the start. They're looking for limited edition products. They want retail experiences that are new and different. They're looking for new online experiences. They're looking for package and design. They're looking for new ways to be touched in their passion point, hobbies, and areas by brands. That is what drives loyalty. 18 to 24 month plan where you pulse against all of those things all orchestrated to surprise and delight the consumer. Now bring in the loyalty card. Now bring in the customer marketing program and the rewards and the emails that pulse. Bring all of those tools in, but do it as a way to pulse against the brand's news value and intriguing experiential components for the consumer. So my challenge to you is take your CRM program, crack it wide open. You've got probably great stuff that's happening, but reconnect it to what's really driving your business, which is news value, product, service, advertising, media innovation, and make sure it's completely orchestrated. You've been listening to The Marketing Insider, heard every week here on The Advertising Show. Join us next week for more insight into the future of marketing. I'm Patrick Meyer, and remember, the marketing revolution is now. We're talking about that uh, 
advertising in Huntington Beach, King County, Washington, Brad, mm-hmm. contracted with Starbucks, well, that's logical, to sponsor a kiosk in front of a county park. The county made 250,000 big ones on the deal. Mm-hmm. The coffee house put its logo on the kiosk. Park visitors have a place that shows maps of the county trail system. The kiosk also, uh, unfortunately, doesn't sell coffee. <laughs> I think they ought to. I mean, come on mm-hmm. now. Or at least give you maybe a coupon or something like that. So your latte would be only like five bucks as opposed to seven fifty. Yeah. But uh, anyway, I think it's a great idea, and we've talked about that before uh, in the, our home market of Houston. The fact that you know there's a lot of missed opportunities with advertising. I know the the metro uh, folks have uh, run no advertising on their buses, and mm-hmm. uh, although they do run some advertising, believe it or not, on the um, oh the bus uh, shelters and such. Which right. you know, like why not just go ahead and extend that to. Uh, to the uh, buses as well. There's a couple of buses to me. That's great. Yeah. Looking forward to Mike DeFranza here in just a moment on the Advertising Show, President and General Manager of Captivate Network and Chairman of OVAB. Back in just a minute with more. Looking for your customer's email address? Rob Fitzgerald, who runs Walter Carl Interactive, says it's much easier and more profitable to reactivate an old or lost customer than to acquire a new one. An email append strategy and an email change of address program are the most successful and cost-effective ways to bring your offline customer communications online. How successful is email append? How about a 500% ROI? Bottom line, the lifetime value of customers who receive regular marketing emails is 3 to 10 times higher than those who don't. For more on building an online customer retention program and finding those inactive customers with email append, go to appendservices.com. That's appendservices.com. Walter Carl Interactive, with over 8 million quality B2B and over 130 million consumer email addresses. Interactive marketing, multi-channel strategies, e-marketing databases, online customer acquisition solutions. Walter Carl Interactive. Make your advertising dollars work smarter. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Schillens and Brad Forsyth. Meow, 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 Welcome back to the Advertising Show. It's Ray Schillens along with Brad Forsyth, a very special guest. Mike DeFranza has uh, a- absolutely been convinced that the Ice Age has returned to Boston and uh, the entire northeast uh, section of the country, and for that matter, the center and the, <laughs> and the west coast as yeah. well. Uh, Mike is President and General Manager of Captivate Network, and what we're talking to Mike about uh, uh, today is the out-of-home Video Advertising Bureau, also called the OVAB. Hey, Mike, welcome to the Advertising Show. Great to have you here. Thank you very much. Yeah, and uh, especially under the weather conditions that you're struggling through up there, let, let's give uh, Mike an opportunity to plug his own company before we get into discussing the out-of-home video advertising bureau. What is Captivate Network, for those that may be not familiar with that, and some of the products you guys offer? Sure. Uh, Captivate Network essentially is a narrow-casting uh, network uh, that reaches business professionals and upper-income consumers during the business day. And the way that we do that is uh, we install flat-panel TVs in the elevators of high-rise office towers. So while people are riding up and down the elevator, they can get news and information, and as well as being exposed to advertisers, uh, you know, advertising that is uh, provided by our clients. And what would be a sense of how many uh, screens you guys have uh, throughout the U.S.? We have nearly 8,000 screens in our network, wow. Wow. Uh, and we reach about 2.3 uh, million viewers on a daily basis. 
That's very impressive, and I guess uh, any of us that have ridden in an elevator in a high-rise, I'd say captivate and a captivate, captivated market. You really have. I mean, you've taken the idea of staring down at your shoes and brought it into, uh, <laughs> why don't I read this instead, I guess. Huh, Mike? Well, that was kind of the uh, the experience I, I had when the, the uh, I, I had the epiphany for captivate, and I was standing in an elevator, you know, watching three other people work very hard not to make eye contact with each other. And it dawned on me that if you provided people with something of value, they'd probably watch. And if you did that, then you'd have an opportunity to expose them to an advertisement. And I would imagine you, uh, I, just for curiosity, because I know many of our listeners understand the business of marketing and advertising, and most are professionals and work in the field. What What is your business model? Do you provide these uh, screens free of charge, and then uh, th- that's part of the network? Or do they pay for these screens and share revenue? Or well, How does that work? Well, it's interesting. Uh, in the early days of Captivate, as you might imagine, uh, our number one priority was to uh, achieve critical mass. And the way that we described critical mass was that we needed to reach more business people than the Wall Street Journal did. That was our benchmark. Hmm. Uh, and in the early days, we provided the screens at no service to the real estate community. However, it's become such a popular amenity within the buildings, we now get paid to provide our service to the buildings. Wow. And and then of course and so there's no you're paid to provide the service plus you get the ad revenue. That's correct. Wow, <laughs> what right? a deal! <laughs> you and I are in the wrong business. Uh, and, yeah. And, and one one final question: What are some of your the clients that you guys have through your network that we might be familiar with? Our big clients are, are obviously uh, the Orbitzes and the uh, Avises of the world. Uh, travel is a very big category for us. The Travelocities in American Airlines, uh, Fidelity. Uh, Federal Express, Amtrak, anyone who really wants to reach that business professional or affluent consumer audience, mm-hmm. uh, luxury brands of automotive, uh, BMW, etc. Makes a lot of sense, and you're right. The, the hard-to-reach executive today with so many uh, gatekeepers and, and ways to, to not connect with that executive, it's a great, uh, it's a great uh, network, Captivate Network. And, and your website, real quick, and then we'll move on. Uh, it's Captivate. Com. Okay. And, uh, you know, for those that may not be interested uh, or might not uh, be familiar, I should say, with the term out-of-home video advertising, how do you define that, Mike? It, it's actually, um, as you may or may not know, I also sit on the board of the Outdoor Advertising Association. And, and one of the things that we saw was uh, essentially uh, a, a kind of lumping together of out-of-home venues, whether it happened to be billboard or street furniture or logos in the sand or ads on pizza boxes, uh, and what we kind of looked at was that, you know, there is a sub-segment of the, the overall out-of-home market that has some unique characteristics, and those were what we called out-of-home video advertising networks, and those out-of-home video advertising networks are typically uh, flat panel displays installed in some public uh, venue or private venue, uh, which is comprised of both programming or content and advertising. And I differentiate that because, you know, you also have digital signage, which essentially is a billboard or a poster that is now being updated digitally. So you, so it, it must have content as well as advertising to come under the definition of uh, out-of-home video advertising for your organization. That's correct. Yeah. So... Uh, other than your own, give me, give us some examples just so that we would know. Obviously, your own Captivate ne- Network qualifies for that. What are some other media that would 
qualify. Uh, for, for those of the uh, the audience that happens to go into a Best Buy or a Walmart, uh, you'll see Walmart TV or Best Buy TV. Yeah. Uh, that is provided by uh, PRN, uh, Premier Retail Networks. Uh, if you happen to go through the malls of any of the upscale malls, you'll either run into Ad Space Networks, uh, which is also an OVAD member, or Simon Brand Properties, their on-spot network. Uh, if you happen to go out and work out in a health club, you'd run into uh, one of our, our companies uh, called Clubcom. Or if you're a gamer and you're in the GameStop of retail environment, uh, you'll run into, or you'll see, uh, the Channel M network. Uh, if you happen to travel quite a bit and, and spend time in hotels, uh, then you would you would see the hotel networks, which essentially is is a uh, programming offer sure. uh, on your televisions in your uh, hotel rooms, as well as in transit uh, and some interactive brands or, or products like Reatrix. So, although not direct competitors, all uh, competitors, so to speak, that are going after that same out of home video ad dollar, I suppose. Well, the interesting thing is that none of us really think of each other as competitors. We think of uh, that our number one competitor is complacency. Well, that's a good point. And uh, just uh, the organization, the uh, trade organization that you're the chairman of, that's a fairly new, newly formed organization? It is. It's been in the works for about a year. We officially launched the organization publicly in January. Uh, but the uh, founding companies have been working together to put the infrastructure in place uh, to launch the organization. So you're the first chairman. What happened? Were you the last man standing, or what happened? I, I actually yeah, ran out to the men's room for Missed a minute, meeting, came back, and found yeah. out I was chairman. Exactly. <laughs> well, at least you're not the treasurer. You know, that's, that's even worse. That's true. Uh, what do we have, Ray? A couple minutes left? Yeah, about, about a minute and a half. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, for uh, let's talk a little bit about growth of out-of-home video advertising. Give us a sense of where the new medium, and I guess it still qualifies as a new medium, uh, where it was a few years ago and expectations for this year. What's gone on, and it really depends on how you define this space. Uh, if you take a television set out of somebody's living room and put it anywhere else, it's an out-of-home vehicle. Uh, so depending on how broadly you define the term out-of-home video advertising, if you include... Uh, Cinema advertising in that number, it's about a $1.2 billion uh, business. You know, if you exclude cinema, you're talking about a $600 million business today. Uh, but according to a recent study that was done by Profitable Channels, a research firm, they're forecasting growth to be 10% per month. Wow. And That's we've very experienced impressive. very aggressive growth uh, over the last three years that is consistent with that type of ramp. A lot more to talk about here with Mike DeFranza, who is chairman of the Out-of-Home Video Advertising Bureau, the OVAB, along with Brad Forsyth. And Ray Schillens here at the Advertising Show, our website powered by Shippel.com. That's Ed Shippel and his gang do an incredible job with a program called Tendency. Check it out. It's S-C-H-I-P-U-L.com. And uh, we have more with Mike and Ray and Brad and even Patrick in there, too, and Jeffrey. How about that? A bunch more, and uh, we'll be right back. Why do more media professionals read IWantMedia.com? IWantMedia.com features reports from industry leaders and media personalities. IWantMedia.com gives you quick access to news, stats, trade orgs, and industry publications, and it's updated daily. Forbes says IWantMedia.com contains everything media professionals need to stay ahead of the game. The Washington Post calls it the source for the serious media geek. Do you get it? If you don't, you should. To sign up for free daily email alerts, visit IWantMedia.com. 
Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is The Advertising Show. Brad, could you pass me uh, a beer there, if you want? Well, it's not that kind, though. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's Miller. It's not a microbrew. No. This is Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth on The Advertising Show. Our special guest out of Boston this weekend is Mike DeFranza, who is president and general manager of the Captivate Network and also chairman of the Out-of-Home Video Advertising Bureau. Mike, welcome back to The Advertising Show. Thank you. Yeah, and you know, as you described the various uh, out-of-home video advertising venues, if you will, I think a lot of uh, our listeners, as as well as Ray and I, speaking off the air for a moment, we tend to think of, uh, you know, for example, in airports. Uh, it wasn't so long ago that uh, somebody came up with the great idea of having uh, uh, news on, I guess it's CNN, <laughs> and, and yeah. connect that, yeah. Are they members, and what is that uh, network that was created for the airports? Well, it's CNN Airport Network is what you're referring to. Right. Uh, and uh, we have, are, have had discussions with CNN Airport. Uh, to the best of my knowledge, uh, that network is sold through their broadcast group. Hmm. Uh, and uh, is, is, I'm not sure exactly how it gets sold, uh, but I know that it's tied up in the broadcast uh, organization. Uh, they would be a natural member for OVAB. Right. Yes, I would think they would, and I'm sure in the next uh, year or two you would find they, along with many others, uh, uh, joining your trade organization. But, uh, so why was the need for uh, OVAB? Uh, what was the need there? Was there was it about policing, uh, just to promote the industry, what? No, it, it really was, you know, one of the things, we've been at this for about 10 years, uh, and we've had actually a fair amount of success in, in, in selling uh, advertising uh, on our network. But one of the things that, that we looked at and we struggled with, honestly, was you know, how do we engage the advertising community you know, to a greater extent? And as we started to, to kind of examine that question, what we soon came to realize is that the agencies are not really optimized to buy these types of new networks. And what I mean by that, if you step back and look at it at the macro level, you know, the agencies have had their, their, their fees squeezed by the clients. You know, and so when your fees get squeezed, what do you do? You need to optimize the way that you work. And so the agencies are, have really done a very good job in optimizing how they buy traditional media. But what we recognize is that these new networks like Captivate aren't quite as efficient for the agencies to buy and plan because they have to go through and they have to kind of reconcile all the numbers and, and, and work through all the analysis and write the POVs and sell it up the chain. And so what we recognize is that while we, we'll, we'll continue to have success on our own in order for this industry to really expand and grow, we needed to figure out what those barriers were for adoption and help eliminate them. And that's really what OVAP was founded to do, is to make it easier and more efficient for agencies to buy and plan uh, plan and buy these networks. Well, the obvious question is uh, metrics. Uh, wh what, who uh, provides measurement for audience that are exposed to your media? Yeah. Well, I think you, you, that, that absolutely is, is one of the critical elements to that. And to date, each one of the, the companies, the networks, have gone off and uh, you know basically have uh, identified and secured their own research through multiple vendors, whether it's Nielsen or TAB or whoever it happens to be. And there is no standard today on, uh, on how to count the audience. Uh, and I'll give you an example. I mean, sometimes these networks are referred to as place-based networks. Right. And one of the unique things about these networks is that place 
has a huge role in the effectiveness of, of the particular uh, network. For instance, if, if I put a digital display uh, on a sidewalk and people walk by it on their way to some other destination, their engagement with that network will be very low. But if I put somebody in the backseat of a taxi cab where there's nothing else to do, you know, their engagement level is going to be much higher. Mm -hmm. Or in an elevator, you know, the engagement level will be much higher. And so we need to think about how do we count our audience and do we derate it somehow by an engagement number. And I would think that, you know, you, especially your organization, uh, being more focused and, and more, um, I don't know, in a positive way, I think, more focused, that you would tend to sell qualitative uh, data as well as quantitative. And, and I would also think that, uh, you know, there, that would be part of the evaluation. But I think that it sounds like that there's a real need in your industry for one independent uh source for measurement of your audience because I tend to think, and I know Ray feels the same way, that whenever you're buying a new medium and they provide you with the research, it's kind of like the CIA investigating themselves. You know, you, you want some independent, nonpartisan source such as what radio and te television and other media have. Right. right. I, I agree with that. And I think that to date, as I said, I think the individual companies like Captivate, we've used Nielsen. Uh, to measure our results, but other organizations have used other research companies. I think what lacks is a, a standardized methodology for measuring these networks. It really doesn't depend on who measures them as long as they follow the same methodology. And if you have the same methodology, then you can then uh, input those audience numbers into planning tools that, that agencies can use to efficiently plan and buy these networks. Yeah, and and there's not any one particular advertiser that you find tend to be more your readily available consumer for, or advertiser, I should say, for for your medium. Let's hold off on that answer for just a minute. We're going to take a break here on the advertising show. Ray Shillings, we'll Red Foresight. Call we'll, that a tease. We'll keep it. Uh, yeah, the audience is in suspense. Good thing they're sitting down for the most part, except for the ones that are standing up. Right. On the advertising show, it's Ray Shillings and Brad Foresight. Our special guest, Mike DeFranza, chairman of Out of Home Video Advertising Bureau, OVAB. Here at the advertising show, we hope you stay with us. How can 18 different companies all sell the exact same thing known as water? It starts here in Advertising Age, the leading source for marketing, advertising, media, and ideas. For almost 75 years, we've covered the most thought-provoking, groundbreaking stories in the industry, giving you the competitive edge to be a leader. Your job demands you not only have good ideas, but great ideas. And those great ideas have to start somewhere. And that somewhere is in the pages of Advertising Age and also online at adage.com. How can you get someone's attention if you don't have $10 million in a celebrity endorsement? It starts here in Advertising Age, the leading source for marketing, advertising, media, and ideas. For almost 75 years, we've covered the most innovative and groundbreaking stories in the industry, giving you the competitive edge to be a leader. The next big idea demands out-of-the-box thinking. Start your search for greatness in the pages of Advertising Age and also online at adage.com. Simplifying the complex world of advertising. To reach Ray and Brad with your questions, log on to theadvertisingshow.com. This is The Advertising Show. Hey, 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 that supply of Ritz seems on the fritz. No, no, stop, darling. Don't blow your top. I always keep another box handy. Product placement galore here. We've got uh, Miller mm -hmm. Beer. 
and Ritz crackers. The only thing we're missing is a good slice of Wisconsin cheese. Exactly. Yeah, something sharp, possibly a sharp <laughs> cheddar. Uh, hey, Mike, welcome back to the advertising show. Good to have you here. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, before our break there, we were uh, setting up the teeing up the question about who tend to be the more of the uh, of the audience, or I should, should say the advertiser in your particular medium, not captivate, but just uh, uh, out of home video in general. Is there any particular type of advertiser that tends to gravitate to this new medium? I don't think it's any one advertiser. I really think it does depend on the venue. Uh, in the retail space, obviously, it's going to be the endemic advertisers who are trying to move product off the shelf. Uh, and that obviously, you know, depending on the venue, if it's Circuit City, it could be any of the electronics companies. If it's Walmart, it could be a packaged goods company. Uh, in Captivate's case, you know, you have typically, you know, companies that are trying to target high-end consumers or business-to-business uh, type advertising. So I do think it's very venue-specific. Yeah, that's that's a very good point. I assume uh, you and your organization are planning industry events and conferences for 07 and 08? Uh, more likely toward the uh, end of uh, 07 into 08. You know, we're really getting started. We're in the process of recruiting our first president, which we'll hopefully announce here in the next 30 days. Uh, and then once we have a staff in place, we'll be able to be uh, much more on purpose about uh, the type of programs we roll out. And right now, Mike is saying any place but Boston, okay? <laughs> right. Any hey, place Molly without snow. Great. <laughs> yeah, just remember what happens in Boston stays in Boston. Hopefully, as far as this weather that you guys are having, well, if you have those so, goofy marketing guys. <laughs> that's right. I uh, I want to go back to you were talking about uh, metrics and hats off to to your own organization, Captivate, that uh, uses uh, uh, Nielsen, a very uh, well known and and certainly uh, uh, upstanding uh, measurement company. There, uh, how do advertisers currently gauge the effectiveness of out of home video? That, that's a great question. I think that one of the things, uh, as, a, as a new media company, uh, we are held to a very high standard. You know, advertisers aren't just going to move their money because it's new and interesting. You have to prove that it works. Uh, and so, you know, specifically for Captivate, you know, we were forced to face this reality about five years ago, and, and we started to engage in recall studies to prove the effectiveness of our, our advertising. And we have done about 60 recall studies since that time. And in our case, we deliver recall results in the high 30s to low 40%. And it makes a lot of sense if you think about it. You have the same audience riding in the elevator every day, and you have the ability to have repetition against that audience. Mm-hmm. You know, in other cases, you know, in the retail environment, you know, people are looking, you know, obviously to move product. And so they're trying to, to develop metrics to try to track, you know, if I advertise this product on the screen, do I move more off the shelf? Uh, That's one element or one aspect of how you can measure the effectiveness uh, of those networks. Obviously, the other one is branding uh, and how does somebody feel about your brand so that you are chosen when they have to make that selection. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. I assume that as president and GM of uh, Captivate Network that you're, as well as chairman of the Out of Home Video Advertising Bureau, that you're on the cutting edge as far as knowing what's out there. I'm curious, any new media in the Out of Home Video category that's just now being discussed that we'd expect to see maybe in the next uh, six months to a year, two years? Well, I think you're going to see an explosion of venues, uh, and and I think the real thing that, that we all have to pay attention to is is you know, how are advertisers going to get access to all these multiple venues? Uh, because some of them will be regional, and then the question is how do you synthesize all these networks together? Uh, and there is work being done in the, in the uh, audience aggregation space. Uh, there's, you know, I just had a presentation from a company today 
that was uh, demonstrated some technology that was able to literally, uh, through uh, visual uh, analysis, count how many people are watching your screen. Hmm. You know, so there's, there's, there's a lot of different technology out there. Uh, the real question comes down to, you know, what really matters and, and, and what is, you know, technology for technology's sake. Mike, thank you for uh, taking the time to talk to us today here at the Advertising Show. Find out more about OVAB and the Out of Home Video Advertising Bureau on the web. Go check it out. And Mike, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. It's my pleasure as well. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Who's got baby oil? Well, there we're back uh, for a short segment here on the advertising show, and want to say thanks again to, uh, to our special guest, uh, Mike DeFranza, President General Manager of the Captivate Network and Chairman of OVAB. OVAB. That's a that's a great organization as well. Don't you don't you just love all the new media type things that are going on out there? Oh yeah, it's, it's a great time to exciting time to be in this business, Absolutely. as they say, yeah. and it could make you sick, which is a good thing. Because the air sickness bag is brought to you by, <laughs> this is according to an article by Jet the Blue. New York Times. Yeah, oh, something like that, might as well. Advertising and eyeballs were two nouns linked in my mind well before Internet marketers started spouting uh, spouting them. I've also associated them with the reference in The Great Gatsby to the dilapidated billboard with the all-seeing eyes of Dr. T.J. Eckelberg. What is this guy trying to say? Hmm. Uh, for a couple of years, tray tables in the coach sections of U.S. Airways have carried advertising. Have you have you ever flown U.S. Air? By any chance? No, not not lately. Well, I did, and I tested there. There, after U.S. Uh, merged with America West in '05, the tray tables at coach seats and about 300 airplanes had ads. Initial worries that the advertising would annoy passengers. No. Uh, have now been allied, the uh, airline and its advertising partner. The research indicates a higher-than-expected number of passengers like and retain the messages from tray table advertising. And they're also going to put them in first class. Now, if I was paying first-class right. prices, mm. I just might have a problem with that. But right. that's the way it goes. Yeah. Anyway, so it's advertising everywhere. So now the uh, the, the vomit bags, too, as well. And I imagine Rolaids would be a great sponsor, maybe Pepto-Bismol, whatever, huh? Quick takes on sales and customer relations with Jeffrey Gittimer, nationally syndicated columnist in the network of city business journals and other great publications worldwide. If you're offended by common sense commentary, don't you dare listen. Now, here's Jeffrey. Hey, this is the double your income formula. Well, sort of. So, you want to double your income? Show me the money, you scream. No, no, no. Show me you're willing to work hard to get better. Show me the money, you scream. <laughs> you don't get it. Most salespeople, well, not you, of course, are not willing to do the hard work that it takes to make selling easy. Plus, most salespeople already know everything. They already think they know the answers because they've tried that before and it didn't work. You know, business lore says that Edison tried and failed more than a thousand times before inventing the light bulb that worked. Many salespeople quit after the third failure. Most, however, quit after the first one or two failures. Suppose Edison decided to quit after failure number 753. No way, baby. He was on a mission, a mission of success. What mission are you on? Most salespeople are on the quota or sales plan mission. 
make a certain number of sales or making certain that a number of sales are achieved by some period of time, usually a month or a year. I wish there was one plan that said create a hundred solid relationships this year or earn a hundred unsolicited referrals this year or keep a hundred percent of your existing customers loyal this year. Quick takes on sales and customer relations from the advertising show, the only radio show in America featuring Jeffrey Gittimer as a regular weekly guest. To learn more about his books, tapes, CDs, and speaking engagements, log on to Gittimer.com, G-I-T-O-M-E-R.com. And tune in next week when we'll hear Jeffrey say, This is Jeffrey Gittimer, reminding you that if no one responds to your ad, it may be because your ad sucks. <laughs> That's Jeffrey on the Advertising Show with Ray Shillings along with Brad Forsythe. And I'm uh, looking forward to uh, having uh, Bob Gilbreth on the uh, on the show next week. Uh, his book is called Compel, How to Get Others in Your Organization to Think and Act Differently. It ought to be a great interview. Bob is in Atlanta, probably at the Coca-Cola plant or something like that, or writing mm-hmm. Marta. <laughs> and uh, we've got... Uh, Bob on the show next week, so looking forward to that as well. Yeah, and you know who wrote the uh, forward there? It says, I've been hypnotized. <laughs> no, I don't know that. <laughs> I don't but think uh, so. It's an interesting book. I've had a chance to look at it briefly and looking forward to that interview, and uh, should be uh, should be some good stuff there, good yeah, usable stuff. Probably too, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Did you see that uh, USA Today changed their uh, website, rolled out a new website, has a bunch of... Uh, uh, social media features that you wouldn't expect a major uh, daily to have. They redesigned the site, Ray, to huh. allow readers to scan other news sources directly and uh, see how readers are reacting to stories, etc. So I guess it's a bit of the, you know, uh, you know, leading the cutting edge of what newspapers will eventually line up to do because USA Today has been pretty much a leader ever since they launched their national... Well, let's put uh, it this way. If it wasn't for USA Today, right. there would be very few national dailies, right? True. Uh, so yep. It's good for them. Good for them. Yep. Hey, uh, in, at the movie theater, do you think you should have to watch uh, commercials no, at the movie theater? I've never liked that. No. Uh, and a lot of people don't, but some people do. Well, I guess they put up with it. <laughs> yeah, you don't have a choice. A- do AMC viewers here, this thing from, uh, it's called the Multi-Channel Newswire. AMC viewers uh, watching certain movies featuring characters experiencing eye irritation will see pop-up ads for Visine following hmm. a deal the network cut with the pharmaceutical giant Johnson & Johnson. The sponsorship package uh, kicks off, uh, actually already has kicked off with the uh, telecast of the 1986 comedy Down and Out in Beverly Hills. Hmm. Uh, so they're showing an old movie and they're running commercials, and that's real good. AMC, the Rainbow Media Holdings owned uh, network formerly known as American Movie Classics, will schedule commercial bumpers and tune-in spots featuring Visine as part of the advertising deal. So what they're finding is product placement is okay at the movie theaters, as long as it ties into the particular scene that the actors are in. That well, doesn't make any sense. Well, they have a little relevance there, I suppose. I suppose. Relevance to the red eye. What else could you uh, sell at the same time? Some kind of uh, spray for the stickiness on the floor for your <laughs> oh, shoes? God, I, hate I don't that. know. <laughs> yeah. That's why I have a home theater and a DVR, okay? Yeah, yeah. you know, it's funny. You heard, I heard a comedian the other day on Letterman, I think it was, that uh, was doing his shtick on that, and he said, uh, 
He said, have you noticed how they try to get you to pick up the popcorn or the uh, uh, soft drinks? I saw uh, that. Yeah, he said, I paid 15 bucks for a thing. You want me to? Right. I'm going to throw my drop it. Yeah, yeah, I paid yeah, $15 for the privilege of dropping it. <laughs> Speaking of uh, Letterman, we had a, an acquaintance here, Mark Sherman from... Uh, uh, radio station here in Houston who was on Letterman. He uh, he got free tickets and got the airfare to New York real cheap on Jeff Blue, wow. which I'm amazed he got there. And he sat in the front row. However, the camera never panned on the audience. No. It's like, Mark, I didn't see you, man. You were there? I don't think so. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> hey, the advertising show is being brought to you by Advertising Age Magazine. You can visit online at adage.com. And by Walter Carl Interactive at waltercarl.com. That's with a K, K-A-R-L. Happy to have those guys on board, too. Hope you enjoyed the show today. Hope you tune in the next week for Bob Gilbreth, author of Compel, the advertising show. It is a big Radio Magics production. See you next week.